Fresh off an exciting weekend of MLS action, this is the SBI Show. I am Garrett Cleverly. In Jersey is Ivis Galarsep. What's up, man? How was your weekend? Uh, it was pretty quiet, uneventful. Uh, you know, there were no games. Uh, there, there was the one game here, obviously, in the area with the Red Bulls and Revs, mm-hmm. which was a pretty good game. Uh, it definitely wasn't a boring one, uh, but a lot of good action. A lot of good action to, uh, you know, in MLS and, uh, and in Europe. Ivis, what's wrong? You sound like you're down right now. I don't know, man. It's that malaise. It's like I'm feeling a little bit of a. Uh, I think we need the summer to get here already. What, what do you mean? It's summer in Arizona already. It's like 90 degrees right now. It's summer, what, 11 months out of the year with us? <laughs> Stop. Except when it randomly snows for no reason. Oh, yeah. That, well, that will never happen again in my lifetime. Trust me. That was, a, that was a, one of the highlights of my life right now was it snowing in Arizona. But, Ivis, let's. Uh, the show today, we have no guest. Um, so no guests today. So it's just going to be Ivis and I. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the MLS action over the weekend. And uh, we're going to talk about the Americans abroad. Um, and let's start off with that. Clint Dempsey and Tonham, huge victory over Manchester City. That could be a defining victory of the season. They now have a great opportunity to still qualify for the Champions League. A loss would have really hurt them in that game. And uh, for for Clint Dempsey and Tottenham, I mean, Ivis, they put themselves in a, in a great position to, to to qualify. Oh, without a doubt. When you, when when that game, as you're watching that game, uh, when you get midway through the second half, it totally felt like it was a city game. You know, like they, they were gonna they were gonna take the victory, really put Tottenham in a hole when mm-hmm. it came to Champions League. Uh, but then then uh, who else but Clint Dempsey steps up, scores the equalizer off a great pass from Gareth Bale. And uh, as we said the last episode, as when we talked about it uh, on the SBI show, he he's someone who steps it up a, as you get later in the season, second half of the season, mm-hmm. as the season counts down and the pressure kicks up. Clint Dempsey steps up his game. It's an important victory for them because when you look at the table right now, uh, you know United obviously are, are most likely going to win everything. City's going to qualify for the Champions League. Arsenal's right there at sixty three points. Chelsea's at sixty two. Tottenham is at sixty one. So I mean they're on the outside looking in. And you know for a player like Clint Dempsey, we, we talked about especially. I mean he didn't join Tottenham to to play Europa League. I mean he wants to play Champions League, and, and this club's really going to have to push through here at the end. Right. I mean he they they have the talent. I mean there's no doubting that they have the quality to get it done and uh as you and i discussed beforehand i mean th- when you look at the schedule uh there's absolutely no reason why tottenham can't mm-hmm. get the points they need to to come out uh in one of the champions league spots obviously that that game against chelsea is gonna is is really the make or break especially for chelsea given the, the tough schedule they still have left uh and, and the and the tough way they lost <laughs> that they dropped two points there against liverpool in a game they looked like uh, they were going to win. But if you're a Tottenham and you're looking at that schedule and you're looking at the fact that you have Bale back healthy and you're pretty uh, pretty healthy as a group, uh, you got to like your chances. When you talk about the schedules, Arsenal has by far the easiest schedule. Their remaining games are Manchester United, Queen's Park Rangers, Wigan, Newcastle. Uh, Tottenham have the second hardest. they got Wigan next, then Southampton, Chelsea, Stoke, and Sunderland. And for Chelsea, I mean, they have a very tough schedule. They still have Europa games going on. Then they have Swansea, United, Tottenham, Aston Villa, and Everton. I mean, Chelsea have a very tough schedule right there. But, I mean, you said it best a couple minutes ago about... Liverpool is still in a point. Luis Suarez in the biting incident, and he scores a goal, which, I mean, helps out Tottenham's chances right there. And so I guess if you're a Clint Dempsey supporter and you want to see in the Champions League, you should be should be happy that Suarez was able to stay in the game and score that goal. <laughs> right. Well, that's one way to look at it. I mean, I think, you know, I think most people that saw that whole incident, the whole biting incident, had to be taken aback. <laughs> and 
I know, I know he's your boy. I know you love. Oh, I love Suarez. Suarez I love Suarez, especially when he scores the, goals and he does that kiss thing. I love well, that. The guy lost his mind. Let's be honest now. I mean, I, I, I don't know what. I don't. I can see if you're like a five-year-old that, <laughs> that you just have no control of your impulses that you might just think it's a good idea to bite somebody. Uh-huh. But but I don't. As a grown man, I don't know what. <laughs> I can't imagine unless you're being mugged. I can't imagine what would lead you to think that that's something you want to do, especially in the middle of a game. Uh, and uh, Ivanovich is. Uh, I gotta give Ivanovich credit that he you know he didn't like lose his mind and and, and just started stomping on him. Uh, you know, maybe he was just in shock, you know, because I mean, let's face it, if, if someone bites you, you really have to wonder if, if you know, if they're crazy. So <laughs> he's going to get suspended. He's not. For the rest no of the season. Plays, yeah, there's no way he plays again this year. No. Probably goes into next year. But what I do find funny is that, you know, there were, there were definitely a lot, there was a lot of hand wringing out there. A lot of people saying, oh, he's got, Liverpool has to get rid of him. Uh, he should be banned forever. You know, the whole nine. Listen, what he did was horrible. But at the end of the day, the guy's an amazing soccer player. Liverpool was not going to just dump him because of that. And and it didn't take the team long at all to come out and basically squash the, any notion that they would get rid of Luis Suarez. I mean, let's face it. He's their best player. Uh, and, is, and and if they put him on the, on the shopping, uh, on the, you know, on the shopping list, transfer list, they, the line would be around the block for teams that would want to want to bring him in. Well, I think we I mean some some of these things predate me because I'm not you know that old I was, but I mean I think we've seen it before in the English Premier League. You know, pl- certain players who are surrounded in controversy, but you know, still have successful careers for their clubs and are still at a, uh, I guess respected would be the right word by their club, maybe not by everyone, but by fans of their club. Well, I mean, well, if you want to go, uh, you know, a ways back, I mean, Eric Cantona. That's what I'm talking about. With, with, with uh, you know, the memorable uh, jumping into the stands and kicking a, a, a opposing fan in the chest. I mean, you know, at, when that happened, you know, obviously there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of outrage and like how you know how can you have a player attack a fan? Mm-hmm. And I tell you what, it didn't really ruin his career much at all. I mean, you know, eventually people forget and. And Suarez did well to, to apologize, uh, you know, you know, pretty pretty soon after. Um, I think some people are obviously it, the thing with Suarez is the the tough part is it wasn't like we're talking about a, a choir boy who just out of the blue did something wrong. I mean, we're talking about a guy with a laundry list of really like bad moments in his career, from the you know from the blatant handball in the World Cup to the other biting incident that he had. Oh yeah, that one is funny. The, the Patrice Evra uh, racism charge. I mean, there's been so many things in his career that, you know, if you're – and that's a hat trick for Robin Van Persie. Rob, obviously, this isn't a live update since recording the show, but as you can tell, we are watching that game right now. And, yes, he just scored his 3-0. Poor Brad Guzan. But back back to what we were discussing, uh, Luis Suarez, uh, you know, people will forget uh, eventually. But the guy's done so many things mm-hmm. that, I mean, I don't know if there's a more hated player in all of soccer. Than Luis Suarez right now. Probably not. Um, he's, uh, you know, and, and you wonder, you just wonder how long this band's going to be. I mean, the, the last time he bit a player, I think it was seven, seven, seven games. Right. Yeah. I mean, what, what's it going to be? Seven again, maybe more because of the multiple infractions, maybe 10 games. It's, well, it's a, a lot. different league. Um, yeah, but still, though. I, I, don't, I don't think it would be more than 10. I think 10 is like pretty yeah. much. That's, that would be, that would be four this season and six next. That would be a pretty. That would be a would be a pretty stiff ban. I mean, he's going to miss the rest of the season. That's for sure. Oh, without a doubt. And 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 now now that really, 
I mean, you're talking about a guy who was leading the league in scoring, at least until today, until Monday, now that Van Persie's got a hat trick. Uh, it looks like he's probably going to run away with it now that, that he doesn't have Suarez to compete with. Uh, so, I mean, you know, it, it's going to, at the end of the day, it's going to really hurt Suarez's image even, you know, even more than it was already hurt. But it, Liverpool will forgive him. They already have. He's too good for them. Uh, they, you know, they pretty much just have to keep him. And I was speaking of uh, other Americans in England, uh, Tim Howard and Everton. They they kind of look like they're on the outside looking in right now. We just talked about right here, uh, Brad Guzan and Aston Villa. They, man, they're putting themselves in a really bad position right here. And they could, man, they are they are really cutting it close. And then uh, Stoke City got a victory this past weekend, and uh, now they're three three points clear of relegation. And uh, I mean that that's kind of what's uh, what's going on right now. The EPL for the Americans. Well, well, to, to go back to, to Everton, obviously, you know they they got to that kind of edge of of, of the Champions League conversation, but they, you know, the thing it's just tough, you know, when you when you look at the teams that are in the running for that. Yeah. I mean, when you talk about obviously Man U, Man City at the top of the heap, and then you have Arsenal, Chelsea, and Tottenham, uh, you know, all the all the London clubs in the mix there. I mean, those teams spend so much money mm-hmm. compared to what Everton spends that. The fact that Everton was even in the conversation at this point in the year, I mean, just just says so much about what David, David Moyes has been able to do there. But the real, the harsh reality is that they just don't spend the money to, to be serious contenders for a Champions League place. And and you know, who knows if that's ever going to change? I mean, that's going to be the interesting thing this off season is is the fact that you know Moyes Moyes is uh, I believe in last year's deal. There's no guarantee he'll be back. Uh, and he means everything to that club, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've, I, you know, I was able to talk to Tim Howard about Moyes uh, last summer, and he just made it. He made it clear it's like if the, if Everton loses Moyes, I mean, you, you don't really know what happens next because he means so much he, to that team. I mean, there are just certain managers in 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 world soccer that that mean like more more to their teams than than others. Obviously, Sir Alex Ferguson is one. David Moyes is another. Um, so you, so you wonder what's going to happen. Is, is Moyes going to just say, you know what, I'm tired of this. I'm tired of, of having to compete uh, against these other big spending clubs with pretty much a hand tied behind my back. Or is Everton going to turn around and now really start spending money? And you, I just don't know if they can do it. So that so I tell you, this this offseason is going to be an inter- interesting one to see. If, and if he stays or if Moyes goes and if he does leave, what that will mean for you know someone like Tim Howard. Well, also, Everton's talking about possibly sending Fellaini. I mean, that he's a big piece of the puzzle right there in the middle. Well, you know, the thing, interesting thing about that about him is, I mean, yes, he's a great player, but uh, you know, I, I would agree with with the the observation that I can't remember who wrote the article, but someone someone wrote an article recently pointing out that basically, if you sell Fellaini, you can get a couple of, of players if you're Everton with 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 the the way Everton is structured financially, uh, you kind of have to sell Fellaini. And I think right now his his you know his price his uh you know the asking price for him can definitely fetch Everton a couple of, of quality players. So uh, you know as tough as it is to lose your best best players, sometimes you just have to you have to take the money. I mean, obviously last year you know they almost they would have sold uh, Fellaini last year uh, until uh, but then you know Man City came in and bought Jack Rodwell and 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 gave you know splashed the cash. For him, and and that allowed Everton to hold on to him for another year. But I think at this point, mm-hmm. I think they have to sell. They have to replenish the roster, and and uh, and that's pretty much the only way they can do it. 
In uh, in other Americans in Europe news, uh, things were kind of quiet this week, Ivis. I mean, Mix Diskarud scored a goal. I mean, we're always talking about him as a uh, fringe-level U.S. men's national team player. Maybe he could be on the Gold Cup roster. Uh, I mean, shows the option to play. Nothing this weekend. But uh, some, some troubling times going on in Tijuana, Ivis. Uh, why don't you tell us what happened in Tijuana? Well, <laughs> to both... Uh... Both regular starter, American starters, uh, Edgar Castillo and Joe Corona, uh, were issued red cards in their in their most recent game. And uh, you know, it's you know they they've had a great year uh, as a team, uh, obviously with the with the Copa Libertadores success that they've had. But it's clear that you know they they have have, have the focused their energies on that tournament uh, as opposed to the league. Uh, and you can't really blame them just because. They're not one of these big spending Mexican teams that has the the depth to really try to compete on multiple fronts. And uh, you have to give them credit. They decided, look, we're going to really uh, focus on the Libertadores, uh, and it, and because of that, you know, their their the regular league season has has, has gone pretty uh, hasn't gone well at all. I mean, they're they're in eleventh place right now. They're they're kind of they're out of the mix. You know, they're off the you know off the path for the playoffs. Uh, and you just wonder, it doesn't look good for the regular season. That being said, they have qualified now for the ne- the next stage uh, of Copa Libertadores, and mm-hmm. that's where you really want to see, you know, what these guys can do. Guys like you know, uh, Corona and Castillo. I mean, they've played already in the in the Mexican league. They've they, they've enjoyed success. They obviously won the league la- in the in the Apertura last year. Uh, now you want to see how they do on that next level in the knockout stages of the Libertadores. That's really uh, uh, the platform. For them to show what they can do, and 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 again, they both guys are still going to be in that mix uh, for the summer, uh, whether it's World Cup qualifying or the Gold Cup or both. And uh, but again, this just wasn't. It was it was just a game. You know, they they're going to want to forget uh, two red cards uh, losing to Morelia, and, and and in a game they were winning. I mean, you know, they they were up. They had the first half goal, and then uh, you know, then then you get bet. You know, <laughs> two red cards, even though obviously one of them was was. Right at, toward the end of the game with Edgar Castillo, when he, you know he got a second yellow in, in, in the 90th minute. So actually, both uh, both of those were really late. So you know, it was probably frustration just giving up the lead like they did. But mm-hmm. I tell you what, people want to keep an eye out on both those guys. And and if you can find a way to watch those Copa Libertadores games in the next round, the knockout round, you're going to want to do it because you want to see how those guys do uh, against that level of competition. Well, when you talk about levels of competition, the uh, U.S. Men's national team, U twenty team, is going to have a a, a waking up experience in the World Cup when they uh, take on uh, Spain, France, and Ghana in the same group. Uh, but the uh, a roster just got announced for players that were included into camp. Uh, some notable names on there: DeAndre Yedlin uh, being called up, Omar Salgado being called up, Benji Hoya, uh, Cuevas is in there, uh, Cody Cropper is in there. Uh, I mean, Ivis, uh, I mean, you posted the uh, roster on your website. I mean, what do you make of it, and uh, you know, what should we see out of out of camp for these guys? Well, I mean, I, the thing is, people. I mean, it, it's it's a good chance for for Ty Ramos, uh, the coach, to to see some guys that weren't on the team. Uh, to obviously someone like the DeAndre Edlin who wasn't on the the, the under-20 qualifying team, uh, which to this day is still a bit of a head-scratcher for me. Uh, I think it's a bit telling that, uh, you know, you don't see Boyd Onkwanu on this team. Uh, you know, obviously the, obviously this isn't the full squad. Uh, a lot of guys who, who get regular minutes for their club teams are not in this camp because obviously teams don't have to release them. Uh, Seattle obviously released Yellen because they have a bye week, so 
perfect opportunity for him to get away and really show Ty Ramos what, what he can do. But you have a bunch of guys who aren't there. You're talking about Luis Gill, Jose Villarreal, Jack McBean, mm-hmm. Shane O'Neill with Colorado, who's who's starting, who's you know has seen probably more minutes than I think most people would have expected. Uh, you know, just at his age and, and playing in the back, uh, you know, playing important minutes for for the Rapids. Uh, but again, with all these guys that weren't brought in, uh, it, it creates an opportunity for for all these you know some of these other face uh, other new faces and some familiar faces. Someone like Omar Salgado, who obviously has endured a bit of an injury nightmare as far as just getting back healthy uh, and also having his club, you know, kind of hold him back a bit. I mean, it sounds like, but from everything I hear that, you know, they haven't been the the, the most uh, helpful as far as ha- helping him get, uh, you know, whether it's get playing time with them or maybe go out on loan or even get or even get traded. I mean, I know there's, there's been offers um, for him. Multiple teams have showed interest in, in Salgado. And Vancouver has held held off. They've held back, uh, and now this, so this is a good opportunity for Salgado to kind of show that hey, he should still be in this conversation. And for me, if he's healthy, I think Omar Salgado is good enough to be on that team and to play a reg- play an important role on that team. You know, I know a lot of people were impressed with with that with the way the U twenties did in qualifying and how the attack looked. Um, but I would still say that Salgado, when healthy, is good enough to start on that team and make an impact on that team. Really? Oh, no question. I mean, I mean, the guy. When you're talking, you're talking about a, a highly skilled, uh, a technically gifted guy with his size who can who can finish and can pass well. Uh, I, I think you can definitely plug him in. Uh, you know, whether you're playing that four three three, you can plug him out wide. You put him up top. He, you know, he he's a player. But again, in, injuries have been the issue with him uh, for for a bit now. And uh, you know, I, I think if if I'm the if I'm the Whitecaps and I, if I'm not going to play him. Then I'm gonna loan him out. I mean, I, that, that's something that you know we should definitely talk about uh, now. Is is the the MLS announced mm-hmm. on Friday, or they revealed on Friday something that had happened in the off season, which is that now they are allowing teams to have to, to send players on loan to other teams in the league, uh, and that's an un- unprecedented thing. Uh, it's for specifically for young players. You have to be, I believe, 24 or younger uh, to do it, and it has to be all year. So, I mean, obviously. I don't know if you're going to see tons of these loans, but I think in cases where you have a young, talented player who just doesn't seem to be in your plans, then why let them rot away on your bench? You know, if you can send them somewhere, maybe get some compensation, get some cap relief, then by all means, why not do it? And I think Salgado is a perfect example of a player who should, uh, who a team should look to move or look to loan out uh, just to get let them develop as a player. You know, let them go somewhere, get some minutes for maybe a, a, a team that's lower in the standings in the other conference. Give him a year of playing time, and then he comes back to you a better player. And uh, you, you hope that's what happen, happens with Salgado. And, and if that does, then that will only make it even more likely that, that he ends up being a key part of that U20 team. When you talk about the loans, it's uh, for players who are 24 years and uh, younger in age. And uh, teams have until May 6th to complete that loan deal. So uh, I mean, we could see some movement here pretty soon, I guess. Oh, I'd say so. I think it's... Uh... Uh, well, obviously, you know, in the next two weeks, it, it, teams will be uh, teams will be making decisions on that. I don't like, like I said, I, I think you had a lot of teams send players out on loans through the whole USL Pro setup, mm-hmm. so there aren't as many players who maybe need that kind of move or who are good enough to make a move that is worthwhile for another team. But there are a few guys out there, I think, that fit that bill, and I think Salgado is definitely one of those guys. 
Well, speaking of uh, guys receiving playing time and, and getting some playing time, Landon Donovan looked pretty good for LA Galaxy this weekend, and we can tie this in with the U.S. men's national team and MLS at the same time because now it looks like with his improvement, he will be on that roster, and uh, I mean, he's looking like the player that, that we all know that he is. Right. He, he looked like someone who has shaken the rust off uh, and you always you always kind of sense that that, that you know he, he, it wouldn't take him long. Then mm-hmm. one and once he did get the rust off, he would he would be back to his uh, you know dominant ways in MLS. And it's only one game, but it's definitely a positive sign against the team, a tough Sporting Kansas City team. I know they were tired. I know they had the schedule makers did them no favors having them play in New York on Wednesday and in LA on Saturday. Uh, and it showed you know that did not look like the normal Sporting KC uh, you know performance. All that being said, Lena Donovan looked really good. He he was he was you know mobile, active. Uh, he his touch was was better than it has been in the past few weeks, and and he looked more like that player that that the Galaxy need and that the U.S. national team need. That was a uh, that was an interesting game. I mean, the Galaxy ended Sporting Kansas City shutout streak, and uh, I mean, you said it best. I mean, it looked like Sporting Kansas City was very tired. I mean, Grand Zuzi played. I mean, he he kind of played out of his mind in that game. Uh, Beeler had a couple chances, but LA Galaxy probably would have won more than 2-0 if Jack McBean could have finished a couple of his chances. And I mean, if you look at Sporting Kansas City's defense, they did a lot of chasing in that game. Right. I mean, they, it wasn't their normal uh, no. their normal game when it comes to possession. I mean, they're usually pretty usually pretty good at, at, at keeping the ball, keeping it away. Uh, but something else that should be noticed is uh, on top of the fresh legs uh, that LA, the advantage they had as far as having fresh legs, uh, you know, they, they had the full week of rest as opposed to Kansas City having a game and having the cross-country travel. You also have the fact that Home Depot Center is a wide field. So, uh, you know, when you take a good a team like LA that can possess well, knock the ball around well, and you have them face a tired team on a big, wide field. It just, it just sets up perfectly for LA to really, really run, run a team ragged. And uh, you know, Casey's not the first team to have that happen to them. I, I would love to see a, a, a rested Casey team go to LA and do that and mm-hmm. see how they fare. Uh, but unfortunately, we're not going to see that uh, unless they meet in the final. Uh, because of this, the way schedules, you know, obviously are laid out now. The east, you know, east and west teams only play each other once. Uh, but it, 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 you know, it definitely was a positive sign. Landon Donovan uh, looked good, and and for someone who still has a, a month to go before Jurgen Klinsmann has to make a decision on qualifying roster uh, on the camp, you know, the camp roster that he's going to have. I mean, even just off this game, mm-hmm. I can't imagine. Him not calling Landon Donovan and based on form because already just from what we saw against Kansas City, you see the qualities that make him a player that you have to bring in. Oh, definitely. I mean, definitely. Um, let's uh, another game, the uh, big game. Well, not a big game, but a big, big, big lots of goals. <laughs> Was the uh, New York Red Bulls defeating the it, New England? I got I got to interrupt. I what? Interrupt, Garrett, because I think you forgot something. What I forget? Are we talking MLS now? Oh yeah, what are you talking about? So do we? Is there is there an MLS uh, weekend rewind? Uh, oh no, intro? no, there is no MLS weekend uh, rewind. How about how about you say it, and then that guy who did the guitar can do it for your voice. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I could. I don't know if I can match your match your uh, your performance on that. So are you sure? I mean, I, I thought I think you could do a pretty good job, Ivis. I don't know if I can get my voice that high pitch like you can. <laughs> actually, 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 you know, one thing I I do want to say right here before we go into our before we go into full MLS is the uh, 
the new women's pro league has started, and uh, Ivis and I have really not talked about it that much on the show. But I know on your website, Ivis, you've had a, you've done a very good job with coverage of the league. So if people are looking for women's the the new W uh, NWSL, if they're looking for information, I mean Ivis's website has, has had the information on there, and uh, I mean it's a good place to check it out. And uh, I mean I, I don't know if you saw the attendance for the uh, for the Portland game this weekend. I mean the fans really stole the show in that game, and I mean. Portland, your city, man, Ivis, they're they're looking like Soccer City USA. Well, I mean, I don't think anyone should be that surprised by the the turnout that they had for for that game for the Portland Thorns. Uh, you know, as you mentioned, we had one of our uh, you know our our Portland writer, Mike Donovan, was out there for that, and he uh, you know he was able to kind of capture the the scene, and it was definitely one uh, one to remember. And I mean, when you talk about Portland, and you and you, and the fact that not only do they have what what are you know some of the best fans in the country uh soccer fans in the country they also have a stacked team mm-hmm. uh so that 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 they're going to be you know you could kind of call them like the LA Galaxy of, of that league uh where they have the stacked squad and, and and you know they can kind of be that figurehead uh franchise that figurehead club of the league and you know, based on what we saw in their opener at Jaldwen uh, things are looking pretty good for that group. It, it was a slow weekend for the league. Only two teams played. A couple of the games were postponed. And I mean, you, yeah, you talk about. Uh, I mean, Portland. I mean, defeating the rain. I mean, Alex Morgan scored a goal. For, I mean, she plays for Portland. Um, I mean, you, you talk about having her in a in a great city. As far as you know, you're going to have a great fan base, and I mean, she get a lot of exposure and, and extra for the league. So I mean, as as the as the season goes on, Ivis, uh, we'll make a better better effort to talk about the league on the show. Oh, absolutely. If you're uh... For all our listeners out there, if you want to hear more NWSL action, more women's soccer uh, included in in our show, just let us know, and and we will definitely uh, definitely uh, make make it a point to to keep keep including that. Yeah, I mean, I, dude, I want to talk about the. I mean, the women's team. It, it's great to talk about them. They win all the time, so uh, I'd love to talk about it more. It's great to talk about a winner. Well, I will tell you what, <laughs> there's only so much time in each show, and we're going to talk about what people want to listen to and what our listeners. And what our readers want to listen to. So if you want to hear more national team, you want to hear more women's soccer, you want to hear more college soccer, you want to hear more Americans abroad, just let us know and we'll and we'll uh and we'll we'll, we'll adjust accordingly. Obviously MLS is gonna keep is gonna always be a big part of it. The national team and Americans abroad are always gonna be a big part of it. But if there's something you want to see us discuss more of, just let us know and we'll and we'll uh we'll try to include it in the show. And if you want less Ivis and more Garrett, you can also let us know too. <laughs> Uh, I, I don't know if you're. I don't know if enough of your family listen to the show for that to be an issue. Stop it! All right, let's get back to MLS. Uh, the New York Red Bulls defeated the New England Revolution uh, four to one. Jumped out to an early lead. Dax McCarty scored, and then Fabian Espindola scored again. Red Bulls cruised throughout the victory, and uh, I mean, this is this is how we should. This is how they should be playing every single week, Ivis. Well, listen. I'll tell you what. If you just look at that score. And you didn't watch the match. You might think it was a just complete dominating performance. It wasn't quite that. It was. Uh, it, you had a case of the Red Bulls starting excellently. They started really well. They jumped out to the uh, to the two one lead, mm-hmm. and then it was a bit of a dogfight for quite for a pretty good stretch. Two uh, one game. The Revs once again. You know they struggle offensively. Their their attack just isn't quite there. Uh, but that said, they were they were pushing the Red Bulls. Uh, all the way up to you know the latter part of the second half, and uh, and that's when you saw Johnny Steele kind of take over things, Terry Henry uh, take over things, and uh, it was a rough end for uh, for rookie Andrew Farrell, 
uh, who, for those who don't remember, is the very first guest we ever had on the SBI show, who has been outstanding for New England and uh, has been one of the best rookies in the league. But that day was definitely his welcome to MLS uh, moment. You know, it was like welcome to the league mm-hmm. moment when uh, Terry Henry, uh, you know, raced by him for for the third goal for for the Red Bulls, which was kind of the pretty much the insurance goal for them. And then on the fourth goal, you know, once again, you know, Farrell fell, kind of fell asleep on the back post. Johnny Steele sneaks streaks in and finishes it off. Uh, and uh, you know, the Red Bulls. It was the kind of game they needed. Uh, absolutely, because you know it wasn't just about a win; it was about just them kind of showing that they they really can flex flex their muscles and 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 really play the way you expect a team to play that has that kind of money uh, invested in, in those kind of players. Again, what I will say is, and not to rain on anyone's parade, but New England is a bad team. They're they're, they're and, and they were hurt even more. You know, they've lost Kevin Alston uh, for now, who you know obviously is is dealing with a, an illness. Uh, but you also have AJ Soares get hurt early in that game. So you you know beating bad teams at home, it has it isn't isn't the problem for the Red Bulls, and it hasn't been the problem for the Red Bulls. Well, the problem for the Red Bulls is going up against good teams and beating good teams on a consistent basis. And and once they do that, then you can start taking them seriously. And I, I'd say for now, until that happens, uh, we're going to have the same questions that that we've always had. And and as 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 good as this four-one win is, um, we're gonna see, we're gonna still have to see down the road. We're gonna have to see how they look next week against the Toronto team. That I, while I won't say they're a good Toronto team, I'd say they're a much improved Toronto team. And then we, as we as the as we go along and we see how the Red Bulls do against this, you know, Sporting KCs, LA Galaxies, Houston Dynamos, those kind of teams. That and, and until we can see them show a real concerted effort and a, and a, a quality showing against those kind of teams. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't think we can we can really take them too seriously. Well, the Red Bulls' three victories have come against the Union, DC United, and Revolution in their two draws against the Timbers, and DC United in their four losses against San Jose, Montreal, Chicago, and Sporting Kansas City. So you're right. I mean, they they beat the teams they're supposed to beat, and they look like they're losing to the teams that you know are a uh, little better than them. Well, that's the thing, though. I mean, for the money they spend, they should be they should be one of the elite teams in the mm-hmm. league. They should be one of the top three or four teams in the league. Uh, but, you know, we haven't seen that yet. We haven't seen them really show that yet. And I don't know if Toronto's going to be the team to bring it out of them or, or really allow them to show just where they are. Uh, but I think Toronto's going to give them a much tougher test than they've gotten in the last few weeks. Uh, in another high-scoring game, Philadelphia Union defeat D.C. United 3-2. to two. And this is kind of an interesting game because Dwayne Day Rosario came back, and you have to say that, DC United's attacking look much much better with Dwayne Davis already in the roster. Their defense, however, has a lot of question marks. Uh, Jack McNerney, six goals on the season, two goals in this game. Uh, he just both of his goals were defensive laps on DC United, but hey, he finished the opportunity. And I mean, Connor Casey got on the scoring sheet, and for the Philadelphia Union, Ivis, they um, I mean, they, they could be really they, they're a fun team to watch. I guess is the best way to put it. Listen, Jack Magner- Jack Magnerney is killing it. He's the, he's. I mean, we're talking about a twenty year old forward who is who is scoring uh, on a consistent basis. He uh, he already has the, the, the. I tell you what, the bandwagon is is tipping over as we speak, with all these people jumping on it and 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 calling for national team call ups and comparing them to people they shouldn't be comparing them to. 
calling him the American Chicharito still, which the, you know that one hasn't died. That one's grown legs, even though I think I still think it's it's silly. Uh, you know, I think I think we should stop trying to compare him to to someone who he really isn't like. But just give him credit for being how who he is, uh, and and who he is is a, is a young American goal scorer who who, lo- who looks to be improving week week by week. And and again, DC United's defense didn't exactly put up a stiff. Stiff challenge. They were better on offense in this game than in defense. Right. It was definitely uncharacteristic of them in a way because they, they really struggled to create chances uh, until this game. And in this game, they actually had quite a few chances. They missed a lot of them. But, you know, if there was anything positive to take out of that game for D.C., it's the fact that, yes, there were more chances uh, created. But still, when you give up three goals, when you give up two goals real early in the match – uh, that, that's a, there's some, you know, that, that's got to raise some, some flags, some, some, some red flags there for DC who has now lost three at home in a row. I mean, we're talking about a team that was at one point sporting a pretty lengthy unbeaten streak at home. And now you got three losses in a row. I mean, I, I know a lot of people are asking, you know, is Ben Olsen feeling the heat? Should he start feeling the heat? Is he in danger? Is he in jeopardy of losing his job? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to go that far. I, I I think you know. Listen, he 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 helped them overachieve last year. Uh, I didn't think they were as good as their record last year, and they, and they still just found a way to win games. They they, they were this gritty team that would just play ugly, but the, you know they they'd find some magic uh, here and there, and and they kept on winning even uh, you know even without uh, Dwayne De Rosario down the stretch. This year they just haven't had that. They just haven't had that that kind of magic touch that they had late last year, and uh, you know. We've been. I feel like we say it every week now. They're going to need help. They need. They need help in the transfer market because they're just with the team they have now. Uh, I just don't think they're going to get it done. I know Nick DeLeon's hurt. I know he hasn't been there, but I don't. I, it, it, I think I still think it goes beyond that. Even though they created chances, I still think they need to go out and and get and get a real legitimate uh, big money forward. Well, I, hey, I'm, I'm buying the Philadelphia Union right now. I think they're having a very good season. Um, their man, uh, head coach, I mean John John Hackworth, even said that the team is growing up, and I think they really made some smart offseason moves by acquiring uh, Connor Casey and the two back. And I, I've said, I think this is a team that can really make the playoffs this year. You know, they I think they're on the fringe. You know, I still you know give them credit. They they've had some pretty pretty good wins. They, they've got a couple of road wins already, which for them for for a team that has been pretty terrible on the road in in, in years past. To get a couple of early road wins is, is definitely a big confidence booster for them. You know, I still I'm still not ready to 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 to, to give them that nod and say they're a playoff team, but they're definitely exceeding expectations. Uh, and uh, you know, they Matt, and McInerney's the key. I mean, obviously he he's putting the goals in. Uh, you know, if you think about it, I mean they 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 could you know if if not for Joe Bendick uh, in his heroics, I mean they could be on a pretty pretty impressive run right now. But I, st- I think there's still some question marks there. I mean, it's only been a few weeks since they went to Red Bull Arena and got, you know, got smacked up a bit by the Red Bull. So, you know, I think I think we we, we should kind of look at look at the opponents, look at the competition, and 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 remember they are a young team. But the good thing is, a young team, this young team's growing up, and and they're getting ex- confidence and experience. And uh, you know, if they keep putting up these Ws and putting mm-hmm. up these results, and McInerney keeps on scoring. Uh, they're just gonna they're just gonna keep gaining confidence, and when you got a young team that just you know they feed off that, and and they can definitely go on keep this keep this run going, but uh, you know I I think people should should kind of be careful and and consider the schedule, and realize that the schedule is definitely gonna get tougher. 
Yeah, you're right. Uh, Philadelphia really hasn't been tested too much, but you know they seem like a team that, like we said, when we talk about it, they're just going to be around every single week. On the other side of the country, San Jose took on Portland in uh, in San Jose. Well, I should say San Jose hosted Portland. Excuse me. Portland jumped out to a uh, to a lead in the second half, and then your boy Adam Yon came in and scored to uh, give San Jose a draw in that game. You know, this is a this is a funny game. Um, it was. You know, it was the second meeting in a row for these teams. Uh, San Jose played better than he did the last time. I mean, Portland just dominated them in, when they played in Portland. Um, this time around, Portland was still, I felt, the better team. You know, I, I feel like they've tried to play the soccer. They knocked the ball around. Uh, they just weren't sharp enough in the la- in the final third. But I thought they were the better of the two teams. I thought San Jose got caught up a little too much in, in Stephen Linhart's uh, antics. I mean, the guy is just. I mean, he's unbelievable. I mean, he spends so much time on these petty, you know, little antics of his. I mean, the, I mean, it's like he's trying to bait opponents. He's, he's coming in late on challenges. He's sneaking in elbows. He's, uh, you know, at one point, Will Johnson's sitting on the ground after a foul, and he kind of runs up on him, and you know, his feet got pretty close to Johnson if he didn't make contact, and, and you know. It, uh, I know some people that are just can't. Uh, they hate the guy, and he's you know right now he's the most hate. I I argue he's the most hated guy in the league because of all that stuff. And and on Sunday night it was in full. It was on full display. I mean the guy. I feel like he. It, it's like he he was intent on finding out what he could get away with before he got his first yellow, and he got away with a lot. The referee let him. You know. I mean we're talking about late challenges. Uh, you know, just running in the people. I mean, he he to- he's he toes the line, uh, and he it's like people think he's out of control, and he's not. He's actually very calculated. I feel like everything he does is for effect, and it's done knowing, hey, I, I got to watch myself. I know what I can get away with, and and as soon as I get that yellow, I got to you know take to- you know tone it down. But you know, you just wonder how much that helps or hurts the earthquakes. I mean, on, on well, it some helps level, him. He he he. Hey, he helped uh, San Jose equalize because he jumped up and got that header. I mean, he he, he well, flipped he it into the play. box. That's the thing about Lenhart. The guy can play. He's a player, but his antics aren't why he can play. I feel like on some and so in a lot of ways, I feel like it takes away from his game. I know he, he I know he subscribes to the whole idea that it takes his opponents out of their game and and it, and, and it keeps people on edge. You know what? I don't. I don't. I don't know if he needs it all. I don't really. F- and obviously, you know, he, he. All we keep hearing is that you know he just turns into a different player when he's on the field. That he, he kind of loses his mind a bit, and he can't. He can't control it. I mean, I don't know, man. I feel like if he got if he took that stuff out of his game and just played, I think he would. I think he would. I don't see how he would be a worse player. I think he's a good player, who I think he tarnishes his reputation. With all these antics, and uh, and he can cost. His well, that is his reputation, though. I mean, his reputation's always going to be that. I mean, then there's a select few people who are going to say he's a good player. Then everyone else is just going to say, well, you know, he's a, you know, he's a, you know what? Well, I don't know, man. I mean, I don't know. What we, I don't know what can be done. I mean, that's the thing. Uh, in, I, I'm not in that. I'm not in the school of thought that, that that says, all right, get him out. You know, ban this guy, kick him out. You know, because there's some people who are, who are, who, are, who hate the guy and think that. He he's a black mark on the on the game, and then he's. I you don't know, think I'm, so. Like, listen, he's not biting people. He's not, <laughs> you know, he's not he's not a racist. He's not you know, he's not doing things like Luis Suarez is doing. But I mean, it is kind of ugly. It is kind of ugly. And you know what? Getting back to the soccer part of things, mm-hmm. you got to give San Jose credit. They always fight till the end. But you know, I just wonder, like, on the soccer 
quality soccer quality side of things. They're just not looking like they did last year. Not even close. Wando's having a tough time. Well, it's and well, it's not just you know, it's not because of him. I mean, it's just I just feel like they're, they're not they're not playing good soccer. They didn't play good soccer in Portland. And they, they didn't exactly play good soccer last night either. Um, you know, give credit to Adam John, who's looking looking like a pretty damn good uh, supplemental draft pick, someone who didn't even get invited to the combine. I know we've touched on this before, but it's crazy to think that you know Adam John was you know not not one of sixty plus players, college players invited to the combine. I mean, when you think about him and Ray Gaddis, Ray Gaddis who starts who's a starting left back for the Union now. I mean, these are guys that were quality college players. There's no reason they should have not been invited. But again, the whole that whole setup's a little messed up. But again, back to San Jose. I think there's. I think you know Simon Dawkins leaving really hurt them, and they and they really haven't replaced him. I mean, Shea Salinas, uh, you know, he's back now, and you know he 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 looked you know pretty good playing his first game back. Marvin Chavez has been hurt. Uh, but he, you know, now he got some minutes last night. So, you know, you want to see how they look when they have Chavez and Salinas, hundred percent. Get them in the lineup, give them some speed and on on the flanks, and give them some threat on the wings. But even with that, I don't know, man. I think I think si- m- missing Simon Dawkins, I think it's, is really hurting them. Uh, they're just not that as, as dynamic a team as I as I remember them being last year. And I was for Portland, you know, they just couldn't close out the result right there. And uh, I mean, I thought they had a very good game. They controlled. The majority of the game right there, but hey, I mean, when you look at Portland's season so far, I mean, they're 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 in every single game. Right. I mean, as tough as it was for them to give up a stoppage time equalizer, I mean, that's you know, that's you almost have three points in the bag. I still think they you still think they have to come away pretty feeling pretty good about how they played on the road against the Western Conference opponent. Uh, you know, if you generally want to win your home games and, and at least get a point on the road. Uh, they didn't just get a point on the road. They got a point, and they played well. They played. I thought that they they were the better team. It, the gap wasn't as much as it was in Portland, but I think anyone who you know, if you if you if you, if you took a casual observer to watch that game, and and didn't tell them the backgrounds of the, of those two teams, uh, I, I would say like uh, some a, a neutral a neutral observer might say, oh, Portland must be the team that won Supporters Shield last year, not San Jose. Uh, and then and that's a credit to, to what they've been able to do, you know, and I think they're still figuring some things out. You know, I think they're still learning that and adjusting to that system. Diego Valeri scored another goal for them, uh, another big time goal. Although I would say something interesting about Valeri. The key, obviously, the, he's very talented. The skill is there. You see the qualities, dynamic, dynamic presence there. But I, th- I think he's still adjusting to their system. Um, I think he's a bit of a freelancer. And I think what we saw in Portland when he was out injured, uh, he had the, con- I mean, you know, there were some con- concussion questions, so he, he sat the game out. But what we saw from Portland in Portland was 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 really good spacing and organization and passing combinations. I mean, they really played to their system. And then what we saw last night in San Jose with Valeri is, you know, Valeri would kind of float a little, almost a little too much. So he, you know, he. he, he you don't want to like rein in creative players too much, but at the same time, uh, I think he's still kind of learning that system, learning that the, the style of play and that and the system that, that Caleb Porter wants to play. And I think once he really fully adjusts to that and really sits in that system and kind of plays to it a little more, I think I, I think the Timbers are going to be really really dangerous. You're they're your love affest with Portland always, always. Hey. They're getting it done right now. Look at that. Look at the record. Look what they've done. I mean, look at the games too. I mean, how many of all their games so far? 
Which of them would you say they were really outplayed? None. I mean, the one. I mean, they only lost the one game to Montreal, and I mean, it took it took a pretty special yeah. uh, bicycle kick goal to beat them in Portland. So, are they the best team in the league? No, I, I wouldn't say that. But I'd say when you think about where they were last year to where they are now, I mean, it's night and day. I mean, I don't think anyone can deny that. Well, the thing too is, I, I think with Portland, with the way they're playing right now, and you're right. I mean, you go back and you look at. I mean, the two games that stand out to me from their season specifically is the Red Bulls game where they came back and the Montreal game where they fell apart. I mean, you wonder how this team's playing now if they could restart the season. I mean, they those that, that loss and that draw could both be victories right there. And things could be different but, in the West. Right. Well, I'll tell you what's... Well, you know, they, they've come back in so many games. And then when you think about that Colorado game where they were down two goals, um, you know, I, I think that, you know, obviously Mikhail Silvestre took a while to get, get settled. Uh, Footy Danzo has stepped in now at center back. And help solidify things. So they, you know they, they've improved quite a bit. But I tell you what, the real test, the first real real test for them is next week when they travel to Sporting Kansas City. That is my friend is going to be a game because when you talk about Sporting Kansas City and their defense and their midfield and their system, that matchup is going to be a a, a coach's. Uh, or a, a, a tactician's yeah. dream in terms of you know two systems going at it and, and two quality teams. Uh, you know I, I think it's going to be tough. I think Sporting KC should win that game. They're so tough at home. Their defense is so stingy. But you you, you got to love the possibilities of that matchup and and, I, and the chance to see a Will Johnson and a Graham Zusi do battle or Benny Fellheiber do battle. Uh, you know you want to see how how the Tim how Diego Valeri attacks that Kansas City uh you know defense. So I'll tell you what, for me, I, I can't wait for that game because that that I I don't see how that game isn't gonna be a fun game to watch. That game is gonna be on Saturday, April twenty seventh. Uh Ivis, the team that's running away in the Western Conference is FC Dallas for here. They are eight points uh above the above the LA Galaxy. Uh, Dallas is six one and one. They defeated Vancouver Whitecaps Two to zero, and I mean this team's really playing well. Chemistry looks really well. Uh, all the players are are they all seem to be peaking at the right time. They're all playing well. Blas Perez had an excellent game this past weekend, and uh, I mean until FC Dallas shows anything differently, I mean I, I still think that they're gonna they're the real deal. Oh, I, I don't think anyone can deny that. Uh, you know they are a legitimate team. I'm not gonna say they're. I'm still not gonna say they're the best team in the league. They have the most points. They've been great. They've, they've taken on all comers. But if you're asking me to put my money down on MLS Cup and who's going to win it, I'm not ready to do that just yet. That being said, you know, as we talked about the last show, I mean, you know, the fact that they've been able to put these wins together, it, it, it's a snowball effect. It, it builds confidence. It raises people's, uh, you know, their, their level of play. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we're seeing that. I mean, Shell Assignment has really, you know, done a great job putting that team together. When you think about it, I mean, coming into the season – they, you know, they sell Breck Shea, and you wonder what's going to happen. Uh, you know, how, how are they going to adjust? How are they going to deal? You know, deal with with losing him. Uh, but it really, you know, it's really hasn't hurt them at all. I mean, they they've really come out uh, firing. Uh, and, and again, they they they're going to play Vancouver again. Uh, where the, the schedule makers? I got to tell you, I mean, I don't know what is going on with the schedule makers. I mean, you, you know, they they send Sporting Kansas City to New York and then L.A. on short rest. They have Portland and San Jose play back-to-back games. And now they got FC Dallas and Vancouver doing the same thing. And it's like, I don't know, man. I, I, I don't think they did a, I really don't think they did a good job uh, of, of, of spacing these things out. Uh, 
you know, so Van- going going to Vancouver, is that going to be like a super tough test for FC Dallas? I don't know if I'd say that. But I would say after well, that, though, when you talk about their next game, when they have Portland coming to, to, coming to FC Dallas, uh, you know, I think that one, I can't, I'm going to look forward to that one as well. Just because, you know, like, again, Portland, for me, presents unique challenges. And, and I think that that'll be a better matchup to, to, to kind of bring the best out of Dallas. Well, for Portland too, it's also. I mean, their 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 three their three forwards in the game are are all lacking. I guess experience. I mean, Vancouver put a really young uh, young team out there for, for well for the three attackers. Are you talking about the two the Dallas's win this past weekend? Yeah, I mean, when you look at it, I mean, uh, uh, T Bird, uh, Hurtado, and Heineman. I mean, those are three young players for Vancouver. I mean, they need to go out and find a, a veteran guy to help them out up top. Well, I don't know what's going on with their their injury status, but I mean, uh, Kenny Miller. You know, he started out playing for them, but I, you know, I don't know what's going on there. Uh, uh, is he injured? That's a good question. Uh, I gotta ca- catch up on my Vancouver. Uh, but I don't know, man. I feel like ever since uh, Jay Demerit went down, it's, yeah. it's been a it's a it's been a little bit of a kind of weird situation there um darren maddox I, I don't know what's going on there darren maddox uh coming off the bench uh, for them i mean he's someone who coming into the year i think most people would have expected to to be you know someone who could maybe be a dark horse for the golden boot someone who could really build on his rookie year uh eric Hurtado, the rookie i, I like i mean i think he's someone who's going to be a really good a player when it's all said and done but th- th- there's still something the, the white caps just have not looked that good i mean i know they started well two and oh but they they've really been pretty mediocre since then, and and I don't I I think Dallas is going to go up there and win, and I think they're going to keep it rolling, and, and they're going to keep that 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 early run, uh, that confidence that they've built up o- over time. I think that's I don't see them going there and getting stopped by that that Whitecaps team. I think that and honestly, I think Dallas is going to keep rolling uh, for for a while because the schedule kind of really works out well for them. I mean, I think. You know, when you talk about the elite elite teams, I mean, in June they play Sporting Kansas City uh, at home. Uh, in July they play the Galaxy in LA. Then they then they go Salt Lake and Montreal. That I think July. I tell you what, July. Looking at July, that's going to be a, a good run there to tell us uh, what's up. Because again, another thing to think about uh, when you talk about Dallas is Dallas has had had the fortune of, of playing quite a few home games. I mean, they, they, you know, of their of their games. Um, you know they they've they've won they've posted two straight shutout wins, both at home. Uh, they they've uh, you know they've posted five wins, four of them by shutout at home. Uh, so they've definitely taken care of business at home. But you know what? When you when you rack up those home games, eventually yeah, eventually you got to pay the piper. And uh, you know when five of seven home games means at a certain point you're going to have to hit the road. And I think that's. Uh, that's really gonna gonna tell us how serious a title contender they are. Supporter Shield, though, I tell you what, they're 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 putting the points in the bank, uh, and uh, I think you have to take them seriously for that. Uh, just because, you know, I, I don't see them losing that confidence they're gaining now, and and they're clearly they have quality. They have quality. They're healthy too. Well, that's another thing too. I mean, it's tough to to do that all year, and and then and you know, do they have the bench to kind of cope with that kind of stuff? Um, but I don't know, man. Uh, I really want to see them in, in once they hit the road in the, in the summer uh, before I, I, I really buy into the you know Dallas as a title contender conversation. 
Well, I think if uh, David Ferrer can keep playing the way that he's playing and um, Blas Perez playing well and George John, I mean, you talk about three guys right there in the middle. I mean, it's important. you got to protect the middle of the field. I think I think they can do it, and I think they're going to be a team that's going to be a force to be reckoned with for the rest of the season. Uh, there was also some other news, other games, excuse me, this past week. Uh, Real Salt Lake uh, defeated Chivas USA. Javier Morales had a goal in that game. Uh, almost Garcia, you know, looked deadly again in this game, and then um, and, and uh, in some other games, Chicago got another victory, defeated Columbus Crew one to zero, and uh, in Colorado, Seattle, Obafemi Martins made it. Obafemi Martins sighting. Seattle also got their first victory. Big news for Seattle. Well, that's the, well, we definitely have to talk about that game. Um, you know, I said it uh, going into the going into the preview, going into the weekend that I, I really thought this would be the game for them to turn around, turn things around. Uh, they did get that W. I wouldn't say it was the most convincing W. I mean, it's Colorado, to be fair. The Rapids had chances. The Rapids, you know, they got shut out. But, I mean, they, they, the opportunities were there for them to put some goals in and to mm-hmm. get at least a point. Uh, but credit to Seattle. Uh, credit to Obafemi Martins opening his MLS account. Um, you still you still want to see more from them. You still, like, you know, they're not out of the woods yet. Uh, you want to see them hit, hit, hit a nice run. And they have to. They're playing catch-up right now. Uh, they're still playing catch up. I mean, they still have one less win than everyone else in in the West. So you know, I think it's a positive sign. I think again, when you talk about Martins, Shawty Joseph, you know, those guys settling in, getting fully healthy. Uh, once they get everybody back, uh, once they get Eddie Johnson back, I think we'll really get to see the real Seattle. I don't think we've seen that yet. I don't think uh, you know. That being said, they still have so much talent. I think they're going to start turning things around. They're going to start racking up the points. And, uh, you know, things balance out. I think the truth over time uh, really shows us what's what. And, and uh, you know, uh, they have a bye week. And, and I think that will help them, obviously, get that much healthier, help Eddie Johnson get closer to playing. And then when they get off that bye week, man, they, they have got a run of games, and it is not going to be easy. They go to Philly, and I will be there. That's uh, for, for those who... <laughs> For those who missed it, uh, that that game in Philly on May fourth is 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 a Star Wars night. Uh, I saw so, that. How awesome think, does that look? <laughs> I think Garrett Cleverly is going to be uh, flying out to make an appearance because how could he miss Star Wars night? Um, but if you know, they go to Philly, they go to Kansas City, and then they play San Jose, and then they play FC Dallas. That's a pretty strong run of games uh in may i mean that's all in may and then they play the galaxy uh memorial day weekend i mean when you talk about a five game may seattle is going to be running a gauntlet there man they, they have there, there isn't a single pushover on that schedule i mean the week you know the the weakest uh the e- if you want to say easy the easiest game there is uh is san jose at home and san jose is is not uh you know they're not. They, they, Ivis, they can, Ivis, they who who could be calling you during the show right now? Don't they know that we're doing a show right now? Uh, yeah, that's not for me. Uh, I can tell you that that's not for me. So. Well, oh, who's it for? Uh, it's family. <laughs> but uh, but anyway, so I mean, yeah, I'll tell you what. When they come off that bye, the month of May is really going to make or break Seattle because if they're as good as as so many of us thought they were, then they got to come out of they got to come out of May with three wins at least. They they need they it, realistically speaking, they need at least nine points, preferably like ten points out of those five games, and that's not going to be easy. Not with those teams, not with the opponents that they're going to face. Um, so, but again, I, I picked them to win it. 
for those who forget, I picked them to win the whole thing. When they got Obafemi Martins, I said, you know what, that I got to pick them. I was picking LA, but then I thought Obafemi Martins would make the difference. He hasn't looked it early because of the injury, because uh, of the knee he's been injury he's been dealing with. But he, he finally got on the scoreboard. And maybe now we're going to start seeing that Seattle team that, that that some people, including myself, picked to win it all. And uh, I think they're still going to be a playoff team. But that month of May, man, when they come off that bye week, that's going to tell the tale. Well, do you think for Seattle now they can just focus on, you know, one competition right now? They don't have to worry about, you know, CONCACAF Champions League that maybe it's beneficial for them just to be able to focus on one thing than multiple things. No, that absolutely. That'll help them for sure. I mean, I, you know, I think that, that probably did stretch them out a bit. Uh, but getting getting Obafemi Martins acclimated to the league and to the team, um, you know, he kind of had to hit the ground running. Um, so you know, you, and Eddie Johnson, Eddie Johnson's been hurt. Uh, you know, if you if he gets healthy and if he looks like the Eddie Johnson of, of 2012, they're going to be right in there. They, I mean, they could run the table. I mean, I wouldn't, you know, I don't know if they go to Kansas City and win, but uh, I think ten points, maybe ten points or more. Uh, wouldn't surprise me in the month of May. And they're going to need that if they're really going to jump back into this race. Yeah, they don't want to be uh, on the outside looking in because when you look at I mean, the West is very strong this year. It's a very uh, strong conference. Well, Ivis, that uh, that wraps up for the show today. We did a pretty good job with no guests, huh? Nah, I think this show sucked. Why is that? What's wrong with you? Why are you so down I know, today? Man. I don't I, get I, what's I, wrong I, with you today. I think I need to get outside and get some sun. Get some sunshine. That maybe that, or the fact that we didn't we, we didn't uh, we didn't bother to get any guests. Uh, uh, we got we got all week though. I think we'll uh, we'll be, be able to line up some some folks for the uh, for the next show. But uh, I don't know, man. I think this is gonna be a, it. Should be a good week for soccer. Uh, you know, obviously with the Champions League, both Concacaf and UEFA. Yes. Uh, even though I don't know if MLS fans are gonna care now that it's the, ML, the Concacaf final and it's Monterrey Santos Laguna. Uh, but yeah, hey, Hercules, Maybe, yeah, Hercules Gomez. Hercules Gomez is in that final. You, you get, you kind of have to root for him, unless you're a Sounders fan. I don't think, I don't think Sounders fans are ready to let that go. But uh, but then you, you then you have UEFA, UEFA Champions League. You have that big Barcelona Bayern Munich matchup, which, I mean, that's good enough to be a final. And uh, you know, you got to be glued to the TV for that. Uh, I will, I, I actually will be in Washington D.C in the middle of the week, uh, attending to some U.S. soccer matters uh, in D.C. in the middle of the week. Nothing too crazy or exciting, but I'll be down there for that. And, uh, and, and then we'll, uh, we're talking about next week, and next week's got some pretty pretty intriguing matchups in MLS. Yeah, well, uh, obviously, I'll be back again later this week, and uh, we'll talk a little bit about the MLS, you know, the season preview, you know, that awesome intro. I think we need some some other intros. We can't just have that one. I no. Think we have to and we're gonna have to get our our, our listeners to uh, come <laughs> up with some more some more tracks. Yeah, us. maybe. Well, Ivis, uh, have a good week, man. Have a have a good rest of the week. You too. Awesome. Well, everyone, thank you for listening to the show. As always, Ivis, I appreciate your feedback on iTunes when you give us five stars. All right, Ivis. I just want them to. I just. I would love to see reviews. And if you have time, I know. Hey, we all are, we're all busy. Uh, but let's face it, folks. You know, you guys are on iTunes listening to who knows what. Take a you know what you know what I'm listening to right now? I'm listening to Robin Thickle's Blurred Lines. How, how did you, I know you watched that music video. <laughs> you said you emailed it to me. Oh my god. Everyone okay. Not everyone. Not everyone, but uh <laughs> everyone eighteen and older. Everyone eighteen and older. Watch the uh uh not safe for work version of that. Just you're welcome in advance. Just do it, you know, if you're a young kid, don't do it with your parents around. Don't do it with your girlfriend around. If you're a male eighteen or older. <laughs> 
I would suggest you watch that video. <laughs> yes, that one. Also, Daft Punk came out with a new song too. I, I'm all about iTunes right now with those two songs. Uh, you know what? I got to I got to step up my game here. I got to I've been too busy listening to Bill Burr uh, podcasts, Ooh. and uh, I was listening the comedian Bill Burr. If you don't know who he is, you got problems. Uh, that also, uh, I, I think a a a Vici a Vici a Vici it's a Vici. You know, you know who Vici is. It's a. I know who that is. Yeah, he's like an electronic hip hop yeah, or something like go. that. It's like the so, same. It's like the same beat. Where it's like <laughs> like over and over and over. Oh, <laughs> uh, that, that, right, we're gonna have to do a music podcast pretty soon. We have to do our own little, uh, you know, debates on music. But uh, but again, folks, <laughs> if you get a chance, give us a review. And uh, we got a we got a lot of things brewing over it on SBI. Uh, you know, we're obviously uh, as, as I've said before, we're trying to pump up the uh, the Facebook page. And we're also uh, we've just established a Google Plus page, which uh, you know we've got some interesting things in the works with the people at Google. Uh, in the coming weeks, you're gonna you're gonna see some additions to the uh, to the list of things that we have over at SBI. Uh, we're gonna just to kind of do give you a little spoiler. Uh, I think we're gonna start doing some uh, Google Hangout Q and A's and other Google Hangout related activities on uh, on SBI pretty soon. So uh, you're going to want to keep an eye out for that stuff. Q&As? Oh, man, that sounds like fun. Those Q&As are usually pretty rocking. Uh, but now they're going to have the added element of uh, of the video component so uh, people can see me in my full sleepy bo- uh, sleepy uh, motif. So that's That's a scary thought. Settle down. <laughs> uh, we, 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 we'll, I'll get. I'll bring you on there. So, so we'll definitely have you on, just so everyone can see that you look like the love child of Alexi Lala. That's not true. I am way too good looking to look like that. <laughs> Listen, man, we're, we're gonna we're gonna do it. We're gonna set up the pictures. We're gonna show everyone you and Alexi Lala's from from back in the day, and people. And I guarantee you, people will say, "People, you know, it's true." People will agree. No, they don't. People, people, people always say that. I, people always say it every time I play pickup at the park with all the Mexicans. They always call me, "Oh, Alexi Lala's." They always say well, there that. There you go. There you go. They always say that. <laughs> There's truth, man. There's truth. Ah, <sighs> I know it's annoying. So I'll tell you what. It, 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 it might not be the worst thing in the world because I tell you what. Uh, Alex Alex is a pretty popular guy, and uh, he 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 fans uh, whenever uh, whenever he's out. When uh, you know, I've been out with him a few times, and he he's Mister Popular. So uh, you know, might not be the worst thing in the world. I have some five eight on a good day. I don't think anyone's gonna confuse me with him. <laughs> hey, not everyone knows how tall he is. So I, yeah. you gotta grow grow the hair out, wear a trench coat, uh, maybe grow a mustache, and people might think you're, you're like that. Yeah, maybe maybe. All right, I was. <laughs> need to wrap up the show have a good week man everyone thank you for listening this is the SBS show